0: Hello everyone, Anna here. I feel like I need to start this podcast with a bit of a disclaimer. The podcast that you're about to hear was actually recorded over three years ago. That's right, I'm a terrible perfectionist and sometimes I produce work and just don't publish it. I sit on it for a very long time, sometimes I forget about it and other times it just takes me a while to feel comfortable and confident that it's good enough to put out there in the world for judgment. (laughs) Are you a perfectionist at all? So in this podcast, you will hear me at some point mention my child, singular, because when I recorded this, I only had one child, but now I have two children. So in case you think that's a little odd, just remember that this was recorded a very long time ago. Now, what do you think when you think of a beach? Do you think of a glorious scene with golden sands and blue ocean, the sun shining, and maybe a bikini relaxing in the sun? Well, a British beach might be slightly different to that idyllic scene that you have in your mind. So, without further ado, let's start today's podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the English Like a Native podcast. The podcast that's designed to help you to improve your English. This first series, A Very British Life, will dive into the nitty gritty of life in the UK. My name is Anna, and today I'm going to be talking about the seaside. Oh, I do like to be beside the seaside. Oh, I do like to be beside the sea. And it's true. We do love to be beside the sea, I think because we're quite a compact nation and we're an island nation. So for many of us, there is an opportunity for us to escape and hit the seaside within a relatively short period of time. But when the sun does shine, then it seems like everyone in the whole country likes to get out and go to the beach. So here in the UK, the typical, well, stereotypical Brit at the beach, you might think of an older member of society probably wearing sandals with socks, usually with a handkerchief. Yes, a handkerchief that you use to blow your nose. They will usually put these on their heads, all tied up to make a little cap in order to protect their balding heads. And they sit in a deck chair behind a windbreak, getting rather burnt. Well, of course, we do have quite an old population here in the UK, so you will see many older people enjoying the beach, especially if they've retired. But you'll also see many other age groups there as well, particularly families and young people making the most of any sunshine. We are a nation of sun worshippers, and I guess we're not always as aware of the dangers, or perhaps we just don't care as much about the dangers of the sun. We have a tendency to go out, especially when we're young, and not put on much sun cream. In fact, I remember as a youngster, I would put oil on my skin, so tanning oil to try and encourage the sun to give me a really strong tan. Often what would happen is I would get burnt and then I would peel a few days later and it would look awful. It would be really painful and I'd have no tan at the end of it. So it was a very silly thing to do. And unfortunately, many young people do still take that risk of going out into the sun unprotected. Of course, I'm much more responsible now and always wear a very high factor, usually factor 50, when I go out in the sunshine. And of course, as a mother, I make sure that my child is fully protected as well. So in the UK, as we have so much coastline, we have many beaches. Some of them are pebble beaches, And some of them are sand beaches. Most of us prefer a sandy beach because it's very easy to get comfortable on a sandy beach. And it doesn't hurt your feet so much to walk across a sandy beach unless it's a really hot day. You know those days when you lie down, sunbathe on the beach, and then you decide to get up and walk really relaxed towards the ocean. But as soon as you step on the sand, you realize that it's burning hot and you end up running as quickly as you can, jumping in the water because the the sand is burning the soles of your feet. Now, some of the famous beaches in the UK that I can think of off the top of my head would be Blackpool Beach is probably the first one that comes to mind. Um, Blackpool is, is famed as a seaside town, somewhere where people go to visit, to have a good time. It's quite famous for um, hosting stag-do's and hen parties. So Blackpool is the first one I think of. And then I think of places like Brighton and Bournemouth and then New Quay. For me, because I was brought up um, in the north of England, in Lancashire, I was actually born in Southport. So we have Southport Beach. But I think the only thing Southport Beach is famous for ...is having no sea. <laughs> I remember as a child we'd go down to Southport Beach... ...and I'd want to go over and look at the seaside... ...the actual edge of the sea... ...and and we couldn't find it. If the tide was out, the sea would be so far away... ...that you just you couldn't walk to the sea. <laughs> it was miles out. And then close to Southport in the north... ...you have Formby. And Formby has some beautiful beaches... And these huge sand dunes, so a sand dune is like a hill of sand and often there'll be re- is it reeds or some form of like grass will grow on the sand dunes and sand dunes are fantastic for climbing up and then either rolling down or running down as fast as you can. I always used to hope that if I picked up enough speed running down these sand dunes I could take off and fly So I'd run down, flapping my arms. Usually I'd catch my foot and fall, (laughs) go tumbling all the way down. But it didn't matter because you were on the sand and it was a nice, soft landing. So let me give you an idea of a very British experience at the beach. So often as a family, you'll head down to the beach with a picnic. These will be like sandwiches. Maybe you'll risk taking some dips. It's a risk because if sand is blowing around, it's going to go into the dips. But you may have some crisps and um, snack bars, bottles of Coke or lemonade, perhaps some juice. Usually the adults like to take something a little stronger, maybe something a little alcoholic. Oh. And I always remember with the sandwiches, now because I'm Northern, we would call them butties, uh, a butty. Can I have a butty, Mum? Can I have a cheese butty? But actually, we'd have something called paste. (laughs) So paste is like mushed up stuff. you would have chicken paste and um, tuna paste. A crab paste was another one. And they're quite cheap. These little jars of paste, they're quite cheap. And so we'd have paste butties, paste butties. i say, mum, can I have a crab paste butty, please? That's me with my northern accent. And my little sister, I remember one day, she was so small, she was only about three or four, and she couldn't manage to get a whole butty in her mouth. So my mum would um, split the sandwich in half and just give her one piece of bread with the paste on top. And then we got to the end of our, our trip and we all piled into the car and my sister is in the back and she's munching away on her half a butty. And she suddenly starts gasping, (gasps) going, can't breathe, can't breathe, can't breathe. And we looked around and what she'd done was bite into this half uh, a, a butty and the paste on the top had ended up pressing against her nose as she was trying to shove this sandwich into her mouth. And she shoved the paste actually up her nostrils so the paste blocked up her nostrils and then rather than trying to blow her nose, she snorted upwards trying to breathe and, and made the paste go really high up into her nostrils. <laughs> I always remember that being quite a funny day. My sister was so silly like that. So we would have your sandwiches as your main part of your picnic. Um, obviously, we'd usually be wearing bathing suits, If you failed to put on a bathing suit, then you'd have to do the little um, behind-the-towel dance trying to get changed without anybody seeing you. Usually someone would have to hold the towel up for you, and uh, you'd have to trust them implicitly that they wouldn't drop the towel at the wrong moment. So we'd be wearing our bathing suits. Um, As children, we tended to wear jelly sandals, so they were like waterproof sandals, and um, some of us might wear flip-flops and of course a nice sun hat to protect our little heads and our faces. Our mothers would cover us in a sun tan lotion to make sure that we didn't burn and the little ones would have flotation aids, so things like armbands, which were big blow up things on your arms to stop you from sinking or we might have a rubber ring around our middle. Now my mum really loves the sea so she'd often have some form of inflatable dinghy or a lilo. So a dinghy is an inflatable boat and a lilo is like a mattress that you can blow up to put on the water. So actually the first thing you need to do when you arrive at the beach is to pick a spot, find a nice spot. once you've done that you place down your beach towel you might put up a windbreak because some of the beaches here can be quite windy, especially on the West Coast. You put up your windbreak and you you set up camp, basically. You might have an umbrella as well to keep the sun off your face. Uh, some people just like to enjoy the warmth and just lie on the sand in the shade, um, which is is lovely. I like to read a book if I'm if I'm not doing anything active I like to enjoy reading and so the children then go off and play and the typical things that you might do on the beach when you're playing is to build a sandcastle with your bucket and spade. I sometimes would build big forts and um, my brother would always come along and say oh that's good isn't it and then he'd jump in it and destroy it because that's the kind of boy he was. Thanks David. And then sometimes I'd like to build huge boats in the sand as well. I quite enjoyed that. Or burying my brother. That was always fun. (laughs) Another thing I liked to do was to collect shells. I was always collecting little things, little shells and stones and anything that I thought looked pretty or valuable. I was like a magpie. Magpies have a reputation for stealing shiny things. And I was like a magpie. But I liked collecting shells, and my mum always used to say that if you hold the shell up to your ear, if it's a big one, hold the shell up to your ear, then you can hear the ocean no matter where you are. I remember we had some huge shells, not from the UK, they were too big to come from the UK, but mum had bought them maybe in Spain or Portugal, and we had them in our bathroom, and I always used to hold these big shells up to my ears to hear the seaside, it was lovely. Other things you can do on the sand, of course, is to practice your gymnastics, to do your cartwheeling and your handstands. I was always quite good at doing a cartwheel. Only as an adult have I I learned to do a good handstand. But we'd we'd also go paddling, um, wave jumping. So when the waves come in, you jump over them. That was always good fun. I was a bit scared of the sea, to be honest. So I never liked to go in too deep because I was scared of getting got by, I don't know, Crabs or jellyfish, and in fact, there was one day when I went out into the ocean with my mum, and I was um, hanging onto the back of a dinghy, and I was kicking to give it some some um, propulsion. I was pushing it along, and my foot got wrapped up in what I thought was seaweed, and I started freaking out. I was like, oh, there's something touching me, and mum was like, "Don't worry, it's just some seaweed. You'll be fine." And then I realised actually it wasn't seaweed, it was a jellyfish. I'd kicked my leg into a jellyfish and the jellyfish had wrapped its tentacles, I think that's what they're called, its tentacles around my my ankle and stung me. I was very upset. And so since then I've been particularly nervous about going into the water without full protective gear on. So (laughs) stick me in a wetsuit and I'm fine, but otherwise I'm a bit nervous. So one thing I loved doing was actually digging a hole. I loved to dig a huge hole just in front of where the sea was so that when the tide came in, I was going to trap all the water and stop it from getting up the beach. I mean, it was it was a, 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 a fool's errand. It was never going to work. But every time I enjoyed trying to work against the clock to try and dig a, a deep enough hole to catch all the sea to stop the tide from coming in. That was my favourite thing to do. Sometimes we would fly kites. If it was quite a windy day, we'd take the kite with us and enjoy flying a kite. We could also play with frisbees or balls. The frisbee is the disc that you throw to each other. Um, And obviously you can just throw a ball around. And of course, you could go into the ocean for a swim or some people now like to play with bodyboards. So like a short surfboard and you just ride the waves back to the shore, which is good fun. Now, outside of the the beach, if you go to somewhere that's more rocky, you might decide to do some crabbing. Now, crabbing is different to just Finding crabs in rock pools. Crabbing is what you do over the edges. So, if you're if you are on a cliff edge and it's not too high, of course, you might drop a line into the water, and these lines have um, bait on the end of them, and you drop them down. You just leave them for a while, and you hope that a crab will come over and start eating the bait, and then you pull the crabs up and you put them in a, a, a bucket with water. And you catch as many as you can. And then you show off and show people how many crabs you've, you've caught. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, you just put them all back into the sea. You can do this off the end of a pier or the side of a pier. You can do it um, in like a dock. If there's a dock for for boats and things, that's sometimes where people will do some crabbing. So That's always a good thing to do at the seaside if you're not spending your time on the actual beach. So crabbing always a good choice. In fact, I remember at one point, my mum was helping my little sister to pull up a line because it was quite heavy and my sister was struggling. So my mum was pulling up this crab line. And as it came to the surface, she realised it wasn't a crab, but it was a lobster. And she shouted, oh my goodness, it's a lobster. It's a lobster. My sister thought she said it's a monster. And she turned around screaming, ah, (laughs) lobster <laughs> went running off but in fact it was a lobster quite a rare lobster and mum ended up taking it to the local sea life centre and they they looked after it and eventually um i think they probably released it back into into the wild so on most british beaches there aren't as many facilities as i've seen in some um beaches in other countries So you will be lucky to find toilets, public toilets. If you do have them, they're usually quite far spread on a beach, Uh, particularly when I was a child anyway. Um, If we needed a wee, mum would say... gonna have to wee in the sea there's nowhere for us to go (laughs) Um, yeah if you needed anything else then it was just tough you'd have to wait until you got home so toilets were few and far between but there was always going to be an ice cream van parked somewhere along the sand and uh, the ice cream vans I don't think they've ever really changed, but they tend to offer the most amazing ice creams and ice lollies. So, an ice lolly is um, not using cream. An ice lolly is just a liquid that's been frozen. And obviously, an ice cream is the creamy version. And very typically, you might go for a cone, which we call a 99. So, you have a, a biscuity cone with a couple of scoops of ice cream, vanilla ice cream, and you have a flake, which is a chocolate stick. A flake, we call it. And uh, that would be put in the top, and that's called a 99. When I was little, I don't know if they still do them, but I would get something called a screwball, which was uh, like a a cone, but it was plastic. And in the bottom there was a little um, bubble gum, and then it was all ice cream um, on top and so you get all the way to the bottom and you finish off with a, a bubble gum which was a bit odd but I quite liked them. My mum always loved a feast and a feast is um, it's a chocolate centre, a dark chocolate centre, then a slightly softer chocolate um, surround and then a crunchy chocolate with nuts um outside on the outside of it so it's all chocolate basically <laughs> or you could have a choc ice i quite like choc ices and that's vanilla ice cream on the inside surrounded by actual chocolate um on the outside nice and crispy and crunchy one thing i do like actually is um, a cornetto which is a cone a biscuity cone and on the inside of that, it's, it's layered with chocolate, so a nice dark chocolate. And then inside that, it holds the ice cream. And you can get that in different flavours. So I quite like to go for something like a raspberry or a strawberry Cornetto. And then you have the best of everything. You have the biscuit and the chocolate and the ice cream. Oh, and the fruity flavour. It was delicious. And then if you just wanted to go for an ice lolly, most commonly people might choose a calippo which is a long um, ice lolly that you kind of push up. And if you didn't have very much money, if you only had like five pence or 10 pence, you could get an ice pop, an ice pop, which is just a, a long plastic tube with your with your ice pop inside. Something I used to get a lot as a child because I always had, you know, 5p here or 5p there. So I'm like, oh, I can go and get an ice pop. How exciting. Now, it's something that I always expect to see when I go to some of the classic beaches in the UK like Blackpool is a set of donkeys. I I don't know where this came from but it tends to be a tradition to have donkeys on the beach and offering donkey rides to children. I loved having a donkey ride. I had my last donkey ride when I was about 14 years old. I was probably a bit too big. This poor donkey. I plonked myself onto this donkey. (laughs) Literally, the donkey left the group and ran off towards the ocean like it was giving up, saying, no, I can't carry this heavy lump. And yeah, I, I realized that day that that was my last time riding a donkey. Poor thing. Now, most seaside areas will have a a promenade in front of the beach. So it's a walkway that goes all the way alongside the beach. And on a promenade in the UK, you can expect to find things like arcades. An arcade is a place where you'll find slot machines, sometimes known as fruit machines. So it's it's a place to gamble. Um, you'll also find those um grab, I don't know what they're called, the pick grab machines where you put money in and you can use a claw, you can operate a claw to try and grab a prize. Um, there'll be like computer game type games to play on and um, the dance games. So it's just a place to go in, spend some money, have a little bit of fun, and maybe win a prize or two. So that's an arcade. And in some places, they'll even have fun fairs, although the fun fairs may be on the land or they may be on a pier. So I know Blackpool has a pier, Southport has a pier, uh, Brighton has a pier. Now, often on a promenade, you'll definitely find numerous cafes offering, you know, basic meals and coffees and drinks and things, and lots of souvenir shops as well. Obviously, souvenir shops generally sell tat. Tat just means kind of not very useful, uh, tacky stuff. So you might find things like tea towels and um, aprons and maybe a mug with the, the place name written on it. Now, in Blackpool, they always sell rock. So you can buy a stick of Blackpool rock and this is like a hard toffee stick and it can break your teeth if you're not careful. So that's quite famous for Blackpool but you'll probably find quite a lot of um, sweets and, and, and things like that in these cafes and souvenir shops dotted along the promenade. Now a couple of other things to mention about our seasides. We have lots of seagulls I'm sure many other countries do and our seagulls here are quite vicious. There's been lots of reports of them recently literally dive-bombing people to steal their food, knocking ice creams out of people's hands and stealing their chips. They are a menace in some places. You can also get things like mussels and pickled cockles and limpets. So there you go. That's really my experience of the British seaside. If you have found any of this to be familiar uh, with things that you do in your country, then please share. Or if there's anything vastly different that you guys do, then do let me know. If you're interested in improving your English and working on your pronunciation, then why not check out my courses on www englishlikeanative.co.uk Until next time, take care and goodbye.